Hi, this is Daniel James, and this is the podcast of Triple R's The Mission, a weekly radio show exploring the issues that impact the lives of Aboriginal people and those at the wrong end of social justice in this country. The Mission is broadcast live on Triple R each Tuesday evening. Hope you enjoy the podcast and feel free to get in touch via the Triple R website. Hello, hello, Triple R listeners. You're here with Paul Gurry filling in this week again for Daniel. Um, before I begin today's broadcast, I think it's important to acknowledge the land that I'm on, which is the Wurundjeri lands of the Wurundjeri people, and pay more respects to the Kulin Nations, more broadly where Melbourne sits, both the Wurundjeri and Bunrung, and um, where we broadcast out of here at Triple R. You are tuned into the mission, and um, I'd like to pay my respects to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people who may be tuned in or who may not be tuned in. In particular, I'd like to pay my respects to um, the mob over at Uindamu and Japarong mob. Um, it's been a roller coaster week for current affairs for Aboriginal people on this continent of so-called Australia. Um, I'm not sure if you've uh, been keeping updated with what's been going on. Um, over in the Northern Territory, there's been a um, monumental kind of uh, experience or, I guess, moment over there where the first police officer will be taken to trial for the murder of Kumanjai Walker over in the Northern Territory. And um, more locally here in uh, so-called Victoria, there's been um, absolutely devastating news for the Japarong people and those who have worked very closely with the Japarong people and other communities that surround that mob. And... Um, yeah, I'll talk more a bit about that in a little bit. I think it's time that I introduce you to my first guest. If you're familiar with The Torch, you might be familiar with the CEO of The Torch, who um, is a Barkindji man, a graduate of um, the Victorian College of the Arts and an alumni of the West Farmers Indigenous Arts Leadership Program. He has over 20 years of experience as a practising artist and curator and has specialist knowledge of and connections within the Indigenous Australian arts and cultural culture industry. And Kent has a strong interest in educational and healing potential of the arts and in 2011 joined the torch to design, develop and deliver the Indigenous arts in prisons and community program. And we've got him on the line now. How are you going? Hey, good, Paul. Thanks for the introduction, brother. It's good to have you on the show. Yeah, thanks for the invitation. It's always great to be here and have a <laughs> um, When's the last time you've uh, had a chance to come on Triple R? I think it would have been four, confined, the confined 11 exhibition mid-year. Oh, yeah. The exhibition we put on. But pretty much Triple R's been a great supporter of the torch and the work that we do and the exhibitions that we have. So yeah. really, uh, yeah. That's great. That's great. So can you tell us a bit about the work you're doing at the moment? Um, I guess it's like kind of, it's really hard at the moment during COVID-19, like to kind of roll out a lot of programs, but you guys have been definitely doing it. Yeah, 
Yeah, well, you know, as they say, you've got to reinvent the wheel during these times and get creative. So we've, we've been able to, even though we haven't been able to do the, you know, the face-to-face contact in the prisons and, and big restrictions on our works in the community as well, which is a really core element of what we do, we've been really been able to kind of transform the organisation in a way and the stories and artworks from the artists in the program, you know, online and into the virtual world and to, you know, bring their stories and experiences and artworks not only... Australia, but you know, around the around the world as well. Mm. Um, yeah, so I guess realistically, you've just got to think. And for the torch, you know, the followers in the program, all the men and women uh, are central to what we do. So you've just got to find a way mm-hmm. to get it done, even even amongst these kind of times and for mob in the prisons during this time. Also, you know, not only isolated but double isolated. You know, you're in prison during a pandemic, so mm-hmm. it's been pretty yeah. tough. Yeah, it definitely would be really tough, and you know, a lot of those. Mob in the in the prisons definitely rely on artists, some sort of respite from the institution, I guess. Or you know, they do it as like a, a, a it's their practice as well. Um, how has it been for a lot of people within prisons, like um, creating art? Have they been able to continue doing it at some sort of rate that they used to do it? Well, you know, everything changed so. We couldn't go on, go in and deliver the torch program. Other service providers couldn't go in the art classes and art rooms. Of course, mm-hmm. they weren't accessible, so it became a very kind of you know individual and isolated approach. But of course, there was a little bit of a lack of materials coming in. So we thought, what's the best way to try and you know keep mob engaged? Mm-hmm. You know, not only with the program but with these exp- explorations of culture and cultural identity and this connection back to the community. You know, this sharing mm-hmm. into the outside world to the community. How can we do it? So the mm-hmm. idea arose to take in smaller canvases like this, 30 by 30 centimetre canvases, mm-hmm. and to all mob in the programs in all the 14 correctional facilities we work in and just see what would be possible, you know, uh, mm-hmm. support the men and women to paint their experiences or their, or their hopes and ambitions and thoughts for the future and, you know, build this kind of, I guess, connection whilst going through lockdown. So it's really a unique mm-hmm. exhibition, The Future Dreaming, because it's, you know, from mob incarcerated during a pandemic, painting around what, you know, you tend to always see those kind of hopes and visions and, and thoughts about how the future can be a better place, not only for themselves, but for family and community. And in this instance, you know, they've expanded on to take on a bit, you know, they might make the, whole, the entire country better and maybe even the world. Exactly, yeah. And um, it's an important program during this time as well, like, you know, being away from your families and um, during the pandemic. Can you tell us more about the um, Future Dreaming event itself? It's coming up, isn't it? Yeah, it's coming up really soon. <laughs> it's uh, <laughs> launches in a couple of days. So 29th of October, mm. we launch it, and it runs until, you know, uh, mid-December. So it's around about 120 artworks from the men and women in, in the program um, mm. that came back to us, and they're quite extraordinary. And yeah, I'm looking at them now. <laughs> they're great. <laughs> It's a really magnificent, you know, expressions. And some of them, again, you've probably seen and most people know the artworks from the torch are these really powerful, resilient and vibrant mm. expressions of culture and identity. Sometimes the stories behind them are a little bit different. So what struck me is a beautiful painting of a of a blue wren by Jay. He's, he's a Gunai Kurnai fella. And I just want to read you what he said. He said, being away from all my family hurts. But when I paint the blue wren, it makes me think about the future when we will all be back together, dreaming about the day all our paths bring us back together on our country. Mm. And, and this is a theme, you know, that's a 
often through the works in this exhibition, a reconnection, the power of, you know, country, family, community, and, of course, now we're all looking forward to that, you know, a, a better day for our, for our mob, for our culture, and for understanding and respect and reconciliation. Yeah, it's incredible. And um, it's an incredible message to bring with, like, your piece of art as well. Like, sometimes, you know, the, the art speaks for itself, but to have words that come with it is, you know, it's, it's really generous. And um, um, sounds like he's from the same mob that I'm from. <laughs> we um, he's gonna can I too, and uh, yeah. So that's yeah. The blue wren is uh, a huge, significant animal for my mob, and um, that's really great that he's like been able to create that and uh, use that as a story. And um, uh, can you tell us more about the event as well? Like uh, what to expect as part of um, participating as someone who's never been involved or seen what the torch has done before. Yeah. Look, definitely. The the exhibition, you know, will be displayed online. It's a beautiful scrolling mosaic of artworks on our website at thetorch.org.au forward slash future dreaming. And people will be able to really engage with those artworks. You can buy them directly online there. Mm. Again, 30 by 30 centimetres. So they're just a beautiful size. You can put them anywhere they're... Price range is $200 to $300, so again, they're great gifts for yourself or for your family or for other people. Um, but the works, again, can be uh, not deceiving, but they have those extra layers that we were talking about. So mm, you mm. might see a, a couple of, um, you know, a couple of Crimson Rosellas painted, making yeah. each other and some tracks, you know, again, but this is about that future away from prison, being back with partners and family and starting a new pathway. And so the stories of kind of hope and the future and this idea of our culture, you know, being very important, not only to us, but, you know, as it should be embedded more thoroughly into the culture of this entire country. Mm -hmm. You can see that a a simple painting that might be of a couple of beautiful native birds has a whole raft of stories behind it. You know, talk about... Yeah, in a way, that sense of incarceration, how, you know, mm-hmm. our mob are so over-represented within the prison system, mm-hmm. the strength that we draw on is always tied back to our country and culture and always to people and family. And our path, we're riding our pathway as we go, and that's one thing the Torch tries to do is provide that kind of potential, the tools, some of the, the ideas, thoughts and ambitions of a different pathway, not the one that leads back to prison, to find that way mm-hmm. to break that cycle and the key is always that centrality of culture and cultural identity. So people will see, you know, so many expressions of course, you know, Jay from, you know, mm. Gunai Kurnai country, where well, we've got artists from language groups all through Victoria and all around the country represented mm. in the program and in the Future Dreaming exhibition. Yeah, that's incredible. And um, I'm looking forward to um, seeing them. I, I'm, like, looking at the ones now and I'm like, I, I can see that hanging on my wall or, like... You know, wanting to buy it myself. Um, so yeah, You're I, getting, getting quick, brother. <laughs> I'm going to definitely have to get in quick. Um, thanks so much for coming on the show. Yeah, no worries. So look, the, it's open and launch works available to the public from eight AM on the on the 29th, which is only a couple of days away. Yeah. So as I say, getting quick because they're so beautiful. They they go pretty quickly in the. 100% of the purchase price, of course, goes to the artist. Nothing comes to the torch or to anyone else. 100% of the money people spend on these beautiful paintings goes directly to the artists. Deadly. Thanks so much yeah. for coming on. Thanks See you. Bye. Independent Melbourne Radio 3 R. 
We're back here on 3RRR here on the mission, here with Paul Gurry. And um, we got to have a really deadly interview there before with the CEO of The Torch, who um, is a Barkindji man, and um, it works in the, in, the, in the prisons with Indigenous artists and, um, in Victoria and has been working on this exhibition featuring artists from within the prison system, um, and you can find that website if you're interested in knowing more, thetorch.org.au. Um, Future Dreaming is the name of the exhibition, and um, it's it's going to be incredible, I think. I had a look at some of the art that's uh, going to be out, and let me tell you, uh, it's some beautiful artwork with um, incredible stories that are attached to them as well. So if you're interested... Go to the website and you can find out some more info. Or if you're going to keep listening to the show, I'll give it an extra couple more plugs. Anyway, I um, at the beginning of the mission of this show, um, I did mention that uh, you know the last the last two days have been quite a um, emotional roller coaster, I guess you could say, um, with uh, the mob up in Uindamu, um being able to. Um, have some sort of win, even though um, it is a devastating time for um, the mob up there who have had to um, go through and endure quite a lot in the last year um, regarding the death of Kumajai Walker. Um, but there has been um, uh, some sort of progression in that area around the person um who's involved in it, it's the first time that there is a police officer in the Northern Territory who will be um, going to trial for murder. So um, that's happened recently. And also um, late yesterday, when we were all hearing about the the ease of the restrictions, which felt like such a um, huge moment for everyone that's been going through these hard times that's kind of um, jarring and quite isolated where we have to stay within our bubble and um, not get to see family members or do the things that we really like to do. Um, and around the time that the press conference was happening yesterday, there was um, some acts of uh, genocide and war on Japarong people and their allies down on Japarung country, who were, um, if you're familiar with that current campaign, um, there is there was uh, works that were um, set to go ahead um, for a freeway that will go through sacred um, Japarung uh, sites, sites that are very important to Japarung women and also Japarung people more broadly. And um, uh, during the time of the um, the announcements for the ease of the restrictions and all that kind of stuff, which felt like a celebration, it wasn't a celebration for Japarong people. And um, I've got a piece here that uh, Sissy Austin, who is um, has written a piece on the Guardian, and um, I really you know wanted to get her on the show, but. I'm completely understanding that, yeah, she's got her um, own thing on and she's 
been generous to write something for us in such a quick response to uh, such a devastating event. Um, and I'll read you a, 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 a short paragraph. If you're, if you're listening, um, we're talking about the desecration of sacred Japarang sites. Um, and I'll read you the first two or three paragraphs. Um, on Monday, our biggest nightmare became a cold, hard reality. The sounds of chainsaws, excessive police force, the crying of children. We felt defeated as an element of our culturally significant landscape was torn away, taken, gone forever. We are the last generation to ever be in the powerful presence of our directions trees on Japarung country. And here's a quote by Marikionis. I'm really saddened to see the directions tree chopped down. I feel like Victoria are dancing on our graves with donuts and whiskey. It has been 862 days since the establishment of the Japarung Heritage Protection Embassy to protect sacred women's country from the Victorian government's Western Highway Duplication Project in the state's Western District. Country is who we are. Country is what guides us and what grounds us in all that we do as First Nations people. This particular 12-kilometre stretch, where the expansion of the road between Melbourne and Adelaide is planned, holds a deep, intimate connection for Japarung women, with birthing trees that are more than 800 years old. Thousands of generations of Japarung babies have been born in this country. Over the last two years, Japarung people have risen to protect these trees, our determination to rise has been fueled by the deep power our country holds. That power is one that guards our spirit and our soul when coming up against the coloniser. This is a podcast from Triple R, an independent media organisation in Melbourne, Australia. To find out more about Triple R or to explore many more shows, podcasts, articles, videos, and interviews, head to the Triple R website at rrr.org.au. Here on the mission with Paul Gurry, I was um, reading a few paragraphs from the article on The Guardian written by Sissy Austin. I'm fortunate enough to have her on the line. We've got her here on the phone. Hey, Sissy. Hey. Um, it's good to have you on the show. Thanks for having me. Um, it's been a quite a really emotional and devastating past 24 hours or so. Um, how's it been for you and is there anything that you want to chat about, I guess, with the current circumstances down on Japarong country? Yeah, I think um, every conversation I've had with other Japarong women... Um, you know, we can just the pain. The pain right now is um, kind of indescribable. And um, a lot of us are watching it play out on social media um, and we're seeing images and um, we're hearing the cries of children um, that are witnessing the, the you know, the heavy police presence presence that's there and the, the, 
the like the heavy use of police force that's there and um mm. there's just so much trauma going on at the moment you know our country being destroyed but also our people being um yeah traumatized in the process so yeah just lots of crying really mm. yeah and um it seems at the moment that things are not looking like it's um, going to chill out a bit, I guess, if that makes any sense. Yeah. Um, can you kind of give us a bit of a update of what's currently going on? Have you been in contact with anyone down at Japarong? Um So from what I've seen, like, uh, it, it, it seems as though the, the police and you know, the government, they're going from camp to camp. So if you haven't been there before, there's, um, we pretty much set up a camp. There's like a camp around each um, uh, significant tree throughout the culturally significant landscape. But, um, yeah, they seem to be going from camp to camp. So today they were at top camp and it looks as though... Um, yeah, they're clearing out top camp. So, um, obviously, the the most hard hitting thing at the moment with us is seeing um, the directions tree destroyed yesterday. And mm-hmm. um, yeah, I, I I don't know, you know, how we feel. Like we have nothing left to give in moments like this. It's like mm-hmm. you know, it's like everything's been torn out of you. But when I found the strength to write that piece for the Guardian. I it really hit home when I mm-hmm. I like the the reality is like we are the last generation mm-hmm. to actually see like have seen and witnessed and felt power of that direction's tree. There's um there's no other there's no other generation that will mm-hmm. um experience that um, directions tree in the way that we have so um mm. yeah it's just heartbreaking i don't even know like yeah i i don't know what their next actions are yeah. um nothing's been clear there's um yeah i i have no idea mm-hmm. and i guess like kind of at the moment people have been calling daniel andrew's office is there anything else that people could do at the top of your head to Support? No, I think just like follow what's being called for on mm. social media, like on the on the Japarang page on Facebook. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. Yeah, and like amplify the voices of Japarang women, mm-hmm. um, making sure that you know our voices and our pain is heard. And mm-hmm. yeah, I, I, but. Yeah, that's all I can think of at the moment. Yeah. Well, thanks for coming on the show, Sissy, and, um, yeah, I'll keep in touch. Thank you. Thank you. Triple R. We're back here on 3RRR, close to the end of the show. Um, You're here with Paul Gurry. We're fortunate enough to have Sissy Austin on the line there, Um, a Japarong uh, person and also um, the person who wrote the Guardian article that I got to read earlier in response to 
the actions that t- took place on Japarong, the desecration of um, the Directions Tree and also sacred Japarong country. And if you want to know more about that space, go to dwembassy.com or follow dwembassy on Instagram. Um, and before that, we also had a yarn with um, an incredible guest who works for The Torch in the Victorian prison systems doing work with Aboriginal artists um, and painters, um, Kent Morris. So if you want to know more about that, check out Future Dreaming on thetorch.org.au. I'm going to wrap it up. Um, you're here with Paul Gurry. I'll be back again next week filling in for Daniel. I'll catch you later. Peace. Thanks for listening to the podcast of Triple R's The Mission, a weekly radio show exploring the issues that impact the lives of Aboriginal people and those at the wrong end of social justice in this country. The Mission is broadcast live on Triple R every Tuesday evening. Hope you've enjoyed the podcast and feel free to get in touch via the Triple R website.